0: Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. I'm Ari Mizell. And I'm Nick Sonnenberg. And our sponsor, FreshBooks, wants exactly the same thing that you do. Less stressing and more free time. To get there, FreshBooks has created a dead simple cloud accounting software for freelancers. It's packed full of really clever features to automate all those day-to-day admin tasks you'd rather not waste time dealing with such as invoicing. So if you know FreshBooks, you'll definitely know them for their invoicing chops. Creating and sending invoices literally takes 30 seconds. There's no formatting, no formulas, just really professional-looking invoices always. And they even have automated late payment reminders, so you can avoid those awkward conversations with clients who don't pay on time by letting FreshBooks send auto-late payment reminders. Um, In addition, you can do online payments through FreshBooks, so your clients can pay you online, which can seriously improve how quickly you get paid, and you get great insights from FreshBooks because it can show you whether or not a client has even looked at an invoice you've emailed them. To feel the full effect of how FreshBooks can change the way you deal with your paperwork, FreshBooks is offering Less Doing listeners a 30-day free trial. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash lessdoing and enter "less doing" one word, in the how did you hear about us section. And now on to the episode. So, this is episode 221. And who did we interview? <laughs> so it was a doctor. Um, what was his name? Um, well, that doesn't. Oh that, <laughs> <goodness>. <laughs> you don't remember the our. Functional answer. medicine, No, Dr. Beck. Dr. <laughs> Beck. Beck, yes. Very good. Nick has a, a memory problem. So, we like to let him work this stuff out himself. Yeah. Was, thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's <a> doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: appreciate it more if I struggle through and went and get it. Yes, exactly.
0: That's right. You feel much more accomplishment. So uh, Dr. Anthony Beck was a hilarious interview. And also, just to let everybody know, because we keep saying that Damon John's going to be on, we actually did do the interview now with Damon. So that will be next week's episode. So Dr. Beck was a great interview. Um, so the one, the one thing I want to talk about before I get to the links is that I have, for the first time now in years, I'm switching my recommendation officially from followup.cc to a new thing. Okay, so forever I've been telling everybody to use follow-up.cc to get rid of your to-do list to get to inbox zero. And now I'm, I'm almost, it's not even like I'm embarrassed. Like I'm just almost, uh, it, it's weird. It feels really weird for me to say this. But Gmail has come up with a really, really great solution, and that's Google Inbox. So you can use Google Inbox now to really effectively manage Gmail, including snoozing emails to a better time or a better place. It works seamlessly from web to mobile with their mobile app. And for anybody who's, like, overwhelmed with Gmail and overwhelmed with their email, you don't even have to really do anything. You can just go to inbox.google.com, and it's, like, an overlay to Gmail, and you can immediately see the benefit. So I love it. Nick's using it. And that is my official recommendation now for people to get to Inbox Zero.
1: You know, there's a couple things that I do miss, though, like with follow-up. For instance, like, when I'm, if I want to write myself directly a reminder for next Wednesday... Like with follow up, it was nice to just compose email and like write it to Wednesday at follow up. Now to use the snooze, you have to write yourself an email and then click the snooze button on the email that you just that just came into your inbox. So
0: it's well for those types. But of have things, you haven't have you tried doing the reminders? Nope. So that's the thing. When you go to create a new thing, don't do a new message. Do a new reminder. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, you got me there. Yeah, it's fin- <laughs> and you can even make it a repeating reminder. Oh, fuck. I've been, I've been hacking it. I've been writing myself an email, and then I've been snoozing. Well, so, th- so maybe you haven't noticed this. So if you try to write yourself an email in, I think it was in the app, but it was definitely on the, the website, it'll actually say, hey, instead of sending, it says sending yourself an email, try a reminder instead. Interesting. Yeah, so that's what I usually do now and uh it's great. You can pin it, you can snooze it to a later time, you can rep- repeat it so like I have a repetitive reminder every night to have me check product hunt basically. So
1: actually you said, you said pinned which is an interesting point. Now, they have this concept called pinning which is like I guess the equivalent of important in the other version of Gmail. I haven't been pinning anything because since I keep inbox zero, anything that's in my inbox is like my inbox is my pin, basically. Yeah. I, I'm guessing you're
0: doing the same, but I'm just curious to hear if you're using the pin. So I the, the only way I'm using the pin is if I look at the bundles. Like, for example, so one of the nice things about inbox for everybody is that it bundles things into purchases and trips, and uh, it has one called low priority, and you can set... Just like, by the way, this is one of the like one of the things that we love about Slack, about how you can set specific notifications. You can set specific preferences with the different bundles to see them at different times. So you could say, anytime something comes in this bundle, I want to see it right away. You can say, I only want to see it once a day or even once a week. So I have low priority showing up once a week. And once a week, I go through the 40 or so emails that it as like, low priority. And if there's something that I actually want to deal with, I pin it. And then it puts it back in the inbox. Mm. So that's it's really the pinning. I mean, and that's not... What the only function is, but I use it to take things out of the bundles, basically. Okay, I see what you mean. So rather than hitting archive on twenty four and
1: keeping the final one, you're just pinning the one.
0: Yeah, exactly. So like, I'll give you an example. Um, like the newsletters. Because start- like, what
1: I'll do is I'll, I'll just archive like all the things that should be archived within a bundle. Right. Or archive. I'll I'll look at the whole bundle and if everything needs to be archived, they have the the check all for archive all.
0: Yeah. So, like, for right. So, for example, newsletters from my kids' schools go into the low priority, and I don't need to necessarily tell it don't put those in the low priority bundle because they are low priority. I can check those once a week, and when I see those in a list, I'll pin them really quick. So it just takes them out in the inbox, then I read them and I archive them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a really nice flow. I have to say the way that they set it up, I I love it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, Pub.CC,
1: I, I mean, was probably my number one tool before this.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, so now the next thing is that, uh, well, one of the things also I forgot to point out, we're going to start being more organized about this now. So if you want the show notes from this episode, anything that Nick and I talk about, the links and everything, you can go to lessdoing.com slash podcast slash 221. So we're going to have a URL for every episode now, so you can go right to it and know what you're looking for. So, there's a couple links that I want to tell you about, Nick. Uh, one of which, this is just amusing, but I thought it was kind of interesting. So do you know what the Heimlich Maneuver is? Yeah.
1: Oh, the, the Dr. Heimlich finally did the Heimlich Maneuver.
0: <laughs> did you read that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, the Heimlich Maneuver is, for those who don't know, is a life-saving technique to help people who are choking. And when I became an EMT about, I guess it was five years ago now, <laughs> Dr. Heimlich's grandson sued the American Heart Association for the use of his name, and they basically had to change it to the abdominal thrust maneuver, which I think is really messed up. It's like this guy's legacy forever saves thousands of people's lives, and he doesn't want them to use the name anymore. (laughs) But regardless, uh, an 87-year-old woman was choking on a hamburger at a uh, retirement home, and she was saved by 96-year-old Dr. Heimlich, and it was the first time he'd ever performed the maneuver on somebody to save their life. Now, the funniest thing about that to me is what if it hadn't worked? Because it doesn't always work. Yeah, kills the brand, doesn't it? It kills the. It, it probably would have been like, well, and it, well, I, it could have gone one of two ways. Now that it worked, he can die happy, maybe at ninety six. If it hadn't worked, that would have been like uh, the biggest blow imaginable. I, guess, I would guess.
1: Yeah. It'd be like the 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 fat is bad conspiracy. Yeah, right?
0: (laughs) So anyway, I thought that was pretty amusing. The next link I want to tell you about is it's a a web app called Loverino. And it's not anything that's like groundbreakingly unique, but it is extremely useful in my opinion. So uh, it, it basically allows you to upload any audio you want, and then it makes it searchable. And this is like a very subtle difference between just simple transcription and this. So it will transcribe the audio, and it does it with machine learning, which is obviously just a fancy term. But it pegs it to the part in the audio or the or the video file. So basically, like you put a you know a two-hour presentation recording in there, and then be able to search for a particular word and go right through that spot in the audio. So it's a, a huge time saver. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I, th- I feel like we've either spoke or I've seen this before. No,
0: we talked about something else that was like it, but it was that, the one that we talked about before. And I'm forgetting the name. We can go back and find what it was was much more like, – like you had to use an API and stuff. It was much more on the developer side. This one is a lot more consumer-facing. You literally just drag and drop the file, and then you get it. Cool. Yeah. So uh, the next one is this – is, this is a nut that is a very hard one to crack. And even for our less-doing virtual assistants, I think – like we do this kind of thing, but I think it's a tough one in general, and that is gift-giving. You know, like this is something that we've talked about in ad, ad nauseum, like, you know, learning people's preferences and being really proactive about suggesting when to give a gift and what to give as a gift. It's well, all- we even had this discussion yesterday about what
1: to give some of our clients for, uh, for a birthday present.
0: Yeah, exactly. So and it's it's, it's tough. So this service, this is, this is an interesting one. It's in San Francisco right now, but it's called Vizzy. And basically what you do is you CC... It's funny that all these services where you have to, like, CC them, you know, like Amy and stuff. You CC Eva at Vizio.com with a mention of gift, coffee, beer, or wine. And then basically the the AI assistant chats with the recipient of the email to figure out their preferences and then gets them whatever it is and you pay for it. huh. So it's, it's like an interesting idea. So the example they give is like, hey, so-and-so, you know, thanks for meeting. I felt really good about meeting with you and um, I'd love to send you, a, you know, a coffee on me. So then they get an email from Vizzy and it's like, where do you live? Uh, great. What brand do you like? And, they're, you know, they say Starbucks and they're like, do you want it hot or cold? And they tell them and then some – but it's like Postmates Then somebody actually delivers it.
1: Very cool. You could just give them your login to Amazon and tell them just to go crazy. Yeah,
0: right. Just, just have fun with this. Well, but the thing that's cool about this, I think, is that part of the problem with gift giving is the, um, the time lag, in my opinion, right? Because am I going to say like, oh, I just had a great call with this person. I'd love to find out when their birthday is and then send them a gift and maybe their birthday is in six months. But if you just have a conversation or it just happened and then you can be like, oh, I really want to send them – you know, I'd love to send them a bottle of wine. You know, It's like really immediate, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I thought it was a cool approach to it. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, the next one, I guess this is Viget. I love how these like you can't pronounce anything anymore. It's called, it's called all the go-
1: all the good URLs are taken. I
0: know, yeah. So it's called Slack Alert. It is a you're going to tell me this is stupid, but I actually think it's kind of funny. It's a physical button that causes a Slack alert. So it's almost like it's like a really really big doorbell. <laughs> and you hit it and it pings everybody in the Slack channel.
1: Can't think of one reason why I would ever use it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So there's a few ways that I could think of using this. One is literally as a doorbell. But you know, you could do this with so many other solutions. Part of me is <laughs> the reason I wanted to bring this up is like I think it's I think it's funny how many integrations and extra things Slack has spawned, and this is just one. But what do you mean you use it as a doorbell? Why don't you just type in the Slack channel like at channel? Like, no, no. Like literally, if somebody's at your door, they can hit it, and it tells everybody in the office that there's somebody at the door. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it's useful. I just kind of liked it. It's funny looking.
1: (laughs) All right. Yeah. So. So as a little, like a really a doorbell.
0: Um, Yeah. Well, hey, you could put it in your office and like everyone hits it every you know every time there's a sale, you go and ring the bell kind of thing, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I didn't think you'd like that one too much.
1: (laughs) There's I've liked others better. Okay.
0: Well, that's all I have for this one. So do you have anything? Yeah. Well, on the VA
1: side, we had a record last week. Yeah. Um. Broke 400 hours of time done, so that was huge. And then also, should we announce the price increase? Oh, um, yes. yes, yes, absolutely. Starting, starting July 1st, we will be increasing the monthly subscription from 129 a month to, what did we say, Ari, 149
0: $149, and, and this is just for new members, by the way, not for existing members. Right, so if you are interested in giving it a try, sign up for the 1st of July, and
1: you'll get locked into the original, rate.
0: Yes. And make sure to, again, to head over to lessdoing.com slash podcast slash 221 for the show notes of this episode and to find out more about Less Doing and the VA service. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Oh, wait. But where, what, are you, where are you saying goodbye from?
1: Oh, I'm in Tel Aviv. And as you know, we are a lean remote company. So there's been no impact at all to the business.
0: Absolutely none. So I just I thought that was worth mentioning. <laughs> Bye yeah. from Tel Aviv. OK. See you later. So now we're speaking with Dr. Anthony G. Beck, and there's no other introduction that we're allowed to give. We've been sworn to secrecy. Um, so, Anthony, thank you, or Dr. Anthony, thank you for, for uh, joining us. It's cool, man. Dr. B.
2: AGB. What's up? Been there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I don't get too I don't
2: get too pretentious unless we're like wearing lab coats. You know that old episode.
0: As, as, as long as we include doctor. Doctor, um, doctor,
2: doctor, doctor. Remember that yeah,
0: on the Yeah, so uh, you are a functional medicine doctor, right? I am. Yes, sir. And what is that? I mean, I, I know what that means. Uh, Nick may know what that means. Why don't you tell everybody listening what that means? Well,
2: functional medicine is basically a division underneath the blanket, if you will, of integrative medicine. So what we do is we emphasize the function of the body uh, as opposed to the, uh, the imbalances of the body. Now, I know that sounds very you know, tiptoeing on the woo-woo. But uh, the, the the big difference is is that in the conventional way of looking at things, everything truncates down to uh, a disease, and um, as opposed to the person. And so, functional medicine looks at the interconnectivity of systems of the body instead of truncating it out to different specialists. Like you got to, you got you know everybody's got a guy. Hey, I got a guy for that. Well, I got a guy from a from a junk. I got a guy from my heart. I got a guy from my skin. I got one you know you know for you know my lungs and. And I got my GP and none of them communicate, none of them talk together. They don't understand the function, how they're all related. Well, functional medicine bridges the gap between conventional thought and the, the body's unique story. So that's it. Functional medicine emphasizes the interconnectivity of systems and puts the patient at the center of the narrative.
1: So when would someone come to you? Like, like what, would, what would be happening with the person to say, hey, I need to see a functional medicine doctor? Do I go, if I have a cold, do I come to you?
2: Well, you can, um, because like for instance, people think, uh, so you have acute versus chronic acute means that something kind of happens, um, you know, abruptly and it's not always there, but then you have the acute model, which is, it's been happening for a while. So like uh, with a a cold or a flu or something like that, that's an acute case, but then most people are going to give something to suppress the symptoms as opposed to supporting systems. So they're going to say, oh, and then you got the cliche of, well, you know, here's an anti-inflammatory and here's some uh, dextromethorphan to keep you from coughing and this mucinex dries up your nose and all that kind of stuff. Whereas the functional approach, functional approach to acute would be, well, let's get you in the sunshine. Let's, let, let, let's get your body's immune, innate immune system charged up. Let's make sure you got probiotics on board where 80% of your immune system resides is in your hooter to the tutor, right? So we're gonna we're gonna support systems as opposed to treating symptoms. Now, very similar when it comes to chronic, that's things like rheumatoid arthritis, diabetes, and all these quote unquote something, something, something syndrome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it tends to call it something like by its first name is my, like it's it's my depression, it's my bipolar, it's my something. And so what ends up happening is is we look at the overall interconnectivity of how you got there, right? So We don't treat the disease. We support the systems. So it doesn't matter if it's acute or chronic. Yeah. So people come to us or both. Now, for me personally, I don't do a lot of acute care uh, because I I have an acute care, uh, you know, I I really don't care for that because people want to do different things, a little crazy for that. And they just want relief, even if it causes uh, a little bit of damage along the way. So I specialize in chronic disease resolution. So I'm a specialist specialist and I do it all virtually.
0: So I have a global practice. Very
1: cool. Yeah.
0: So um, now one of the things that uh, I know about your practice is that you're very big into diagnostics tools mm-hmm. and, uh, and data, right? So I, I feel like that's also an area where you see people get kind of siloed in their specialty and, you know, they just want to look at the EKG or they just want to look at the, the indicators of inflammation or whatever they might be. Uh, so what are some of your, what are some of the ones that you, I mean, obviously it depends on what the, the, the situation is and the problem is, but what are some of the ones that like you really are your big go-tos right now for tests?
2: Yeah. Well, so I mean, and in, just in set that, set that up. The thing is, is that um, when you, when the body is succumbed to that broken acute care model, even for chronic disease, you're going to have a specialist do a diagnostic on just that body part, right? So they're going. If you're going to go to the gastroenterologist, and they're going to say, "Well, you know, you've got problems down there," and they just emphasize on that, and so there, and even that even is, is really just comes down to taking a look at uh, um, you know a camera up your butt, right? As opposed to some of the markers that go along with that. I see it all the time. But so for me, it, it, it does. It depends upon the unique story of the patient and, and what they're wanting to go after. I, I blind myself to anybody's previous diagnosis. Um, but here's the thing. Ultimately, all um, people have disharmony based upon um, a disconnect or lack of tolerance in their environment. Right. So you can never expect to get well in the same environment that you got sick. So we need to change those environmental inputs, which are real simple. There's six of them. There's air, water, light, sound, EMF, and food. So we want to assess those things so we can give correct, you know, dynamic change recommendations to that patient. So like we'll, we'll take one that's a little path of least resistance here is uh, is food. Like everybody has this way of telling everybody should eat like a caveman or should you be a vegan because it makes you a better person or you need blood type or you need to do high fat, low carb or ketogenic. Like we're one great big old homogenized, you know, set of beans. And uh, so it omits the individual's unique story, current expression of their genetics. We call this the exosome, And so I'm going to take a look at certain tests like uh, I'll take a look to the hair. I'll take a look to the urine and to the blood and to the poop and, uh, and sometimes saliva. And we, we take a look at systems and we can do a diagnostic of those are imbalanced. It's like whatever car you bring into the garage, you plug into the computer and they'll run the software and they can kind of diagnose where it is. But the question is, is why something is out of balance has to be you know, questioned. And that's only going to be found through the patient's story. So I'll do stuff like um, urine organic acids testing, which uh, puts off little molecules to tell me exactly what your mitochondria are doing. And uh, how you're manufacturing energy from carbs, fats, and proteins, or you know you can just gas and go. Well, every ketogenic is all the rage, so I'm just gonna make a bunch of ketones. Well, <laughs> that's like in, in North Carolina where I come from. Sometimes we didn't have any gas; we just put a little kerosene in the tank, <laughs> right? So, and it was cheap too, right? So the thing is, it'll get you down the road, you know, for a little bit, but it's gonna come at a cost later, right? Or when you you know you trade your you rent a car in, everybody put some E85 in it before you go trade it back in, because you don't want to pay $3 for the gas, right? I've never done that in Las Vegas, McLaren Airport, sorry. Um, so, so the thing about it is is we want to take a look at what you're functioning. So that's one. Um, if, if people talk about one of the common things is your GI being upset, you know, a little rumbly in the tummy, gas, bloating, fullness, distension, constipation, well, you want to take a look in there. There's a lot of chemistry in that poop, but, you know, everybody doesn't want to go plop a, a sample into those little french fry from a food truck baskets, get mentally anchored to it, right? So we, we'll, we'll take a look at that. Um, if we're going to be prescribing dietary things, I do a high sensitivity lymphocyte response assay to determine what food you're intolerant to and have an immunological reaction to. Some people, it's coconut. Some people, it's avocado. Some people, it's turmeric. And some, some people, it's, it's whey. Right, so here you are eating those things healthy and clean, and unbeknownst to you, you're actually spinning your wheels and inducing an immunological reaction you can't overcome, and it becomes very elusive. And these are the people who use the word struggle in their story.
1: So, you do all this consulting remotely, so how does it work? Like, I would schedule a call with you like this. And then you would say, okay, you need to um, send your poop in somewhere or you need to do some test and then you'll prescribe it and then they'll go to a lab near their house?
2: Correct. Well, there's two different things because um, it, it just depends. If you're in the U.S. or outside the U.S., but principally in the United States, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, so what I'll do is, is once I, I, we do an initial workup, in other words, I meet with them and understand their story before I just start throwing test kits at them. Right. Remember, we have to make sure that they're central to everything that we do. Um, and then I will just basically contact various functional labs and have the uh, the sample kits drop shipped to them. And then we go through that collection process. Some of the times I'll actually arrange um, because I, I work with you know patients on a very interesting level to where they get that value of care from their doc. So I'll arrange those those uh, draws centers for them or uh, help them find that. So you know that kind of stuff happens.
0: What you holding up there, man? This cool. is uh, this is a uh, heavy metal uh, test of uh, urine. Who's that from? Uh,
2: Quicksilver, or mm-hmm. who's that from?
0: Doctor's Data. Yeah, Doctor's Data. One of the companies I use. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, <laughs> haven't, have... I, I haven't had a chance to fill up a gallon of uh, of, of piss yet. That's why I haven't done that yet. <laughs> so are they doing a provoke challenge or unprovoked? Yeah, yeah, with the uh, D- the
2: dimeth. Uh, what's it called? DMSA. Um, DMSA. Yeah. And again, that's sometimes that's appropriate, sometimes it's not, right? Um, but yeah, so that's what I do to answer the question. I'll just uh, get the kits to the patient and uh, work with them to get those samples collected in an efficient uh, and timely manner. Uh, and then the results get sent to me. And then we schedule a review of findings. And then we take solid corrective action.
1: Sounds cool. I was and, uh, something like that.
0: Yeah, I, well, I so I love doing, I mean, I, 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 there's always some tests sitting on my shelf ready to do one. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the, um, I just ordered the uh, the Dutch kit. Mm-hmm. Test.
2: Um, and you know that really stuff is it. really that's, that's to
0: funny. tell if you're dutch or not
2: that's
0: yes. right yeah, yeah. that's all how tall you're going to be yeah I, i'm irish so i fail it all the time all the time
2: <laughs> <laughs> i keep going come on man my 23 and me says you
1: know,
2: here's, the, here's the cool thing so yeah and, and a lot of a lot of folks are out there right that are there but you know it's, it's it's like um you know it's, I, I use i use a lot of examples because i'm from north carolina so we got to talk in pictures so the thing is, is that it's like the fly in the screen, right? It's motivated as hell, just has no direction. If it could just find the hole it came in, if could go and eat poop for the rest of its life for three days. So when you're, I caution folks, there's all kinds of people. You listen to every kind of health guru out there and different stuff like that, and they say, oh, test this. Well, you, you, you gotta. You, that's great data, right? It's like if I give a uh, a dyno report, and I don't, I don't know, you know, what kind of car it's on. Right? So you, you got to know more of the story. Like, for instance, heavy metals. People oh, it's all the rage. It's toxins and heavy metals, which is true. But the problem is that's the last damn thing anybody should ever go after. You start pulling heavy metals out into a weakened system, you are going to wreak havoc, and you will you will have a hell of a time recovering from it, even though it's really cool and hip to go, ooh, I got mercury. Oh, my cadmium is crazy. All this lead. Right, I ain't got no testosterone because of it. And we can do that, but okay, what's the fix?
0: Well, and correct me if, if, if you disagree, but that's one of the reasons I think juice cleanses are total bullshit because you're basically shuttling toxins into your body. Well, kind of. We got to go what I call the balanced
2: understanding, but you use the right word, cleanse. Most people bastardize the term detox, and they're yeah. not detoxing at all. <laughs> because if you take a, something that's a nonpolar fat-soluble It's been sequestered there to save you from killing your damn self, and you pull it out of that and you put it into what we call an intermediate metabolite. It's a hundred times more reactive oxygen species. It is far more detrimental than if you just leave the damn thing there. Same thing like oh, you know, you know, look at all this mercury out. Well, I'm gonna start snatching out all the mercury out of my mouth. Oh boy. That's like, you guys ever remodel something? I don't know if you're married or not, but, you know, it's like, so if you ever start a remodel, you start busting up the place before you even have a dumpster out front. It's crazy. You can't do it, right? So, yeah, you juice cleanses can be very cleansing and nutritively supportive. I'm sitting there sipping on chlorophyll like Iron Man. It's my thing, you know? <laughs> but the thing about it is, is you want to do that on the regular, right? And then there, there's a lot more prowess to it than, hey, take these pills and, Meal shakes, allergies, and all that other kind of fun stuff, and juice fast, and oh man, it's just not the same for everybody. So people will tell you, you'll hear all the success stories, but no one tells the bad stuff. Drug companies don't give you report of all the all the people they they kill either. <laughs> you no, don't get the bias. Yeah, you don't get the bad stuff, right? Well, as a clinician of you know twenty years. That's good for my business, man. Then when, I re- then when I show them balanced protocol and how we actually walk them through a framework to make the right decisions, then they go, yeah, damn, if only. And I go, yeah. You know.
1: So did you start off in functional medicine or where did you start off in terms of being like a, a doctor?
2: Well, a quick little boring backstory is is I didn't even plan on going doing that route anyways. I was actually, um, as I was going through uh, uh, undergrad, I was at Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia. I, w- I was there to get a commission. Um, and I was going to fly jets for the Navy and Marine Corps. And, uh, then some, you know, some chick who I ended up being married to for 16 years, uh, walked in and she's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to be, you know, at home here in Virginia beach while you're jumping off of some aircraft carrier. So I had to punt just before I got a commission. And so I was like, well, um, I put myself through school and all that kind of stuff in food and beverage management. I was actually a chef for, for quite a long time, about 11 years. And, um, And so I I went into sports med, exercise, fizz. So I kind of like shifted over into that. But then I was like, well, I didn't want to sit there and, you know, move the pen and count to eight and measure people's calipers and put them on, you know, stress tests on the treadmills. All that was boring. And um, so I was like, well, I'm going to go into a a different interval. I won't bore you with all that. So basically that was uh, 1990 through 93, 94. So uh, about 1996 is when – you know, I started, you know, training and working in sports medicine and stuff and then adopting things that were technically functional medicine. We, we were doing uh, you know, assessments and stuff like that of some of the tests we were talking about and uh, just started grooving into that. But it only took me about five years to realize that, man, there's a whole bunch of homogenized crap out there in the, you know, different worlds of different letters at the end of your name, you know, and they were just it was the same model, just a different medicine cabinet, right? So instead of, you know, all the pharmaceutical meds, you know, the orange bottles with white tops, they were, you know, brown bottles with black tops and white bottles, right? So homeopathics and herbs and stuff like that. So it was the same model. I was like, yeah, that doesn't work. So I kept going into deeper, deeper looks and searching and stuff. And the whole term functional medicine was kind of coined by Dr. Jeffrey Bland, who's a pretty awesome sauce in, uh, in the uh, uh, late 80s, early 90s. So I kind of was an early adopter in the absence of actually being in that click. Right. But it, the tenants uh, shared of it were already being applied. And then it was just all downhill from there. Ooh. What do you think of Bulletproof coffee? Oh boy. I think it's delicious. It's freaking tasty as hell. Now all the benefits and stuff like that is complete conflation. Now you're, you're talking to a guy who has been putting fat in well, back in the day, we call it fractionated coconut oil, right? Training with all these guys like back in the day when I was managing Bally's and Gold's and working out with uh, and training Mr. Virginia and Mr. New Hampshire and shit like that. Um, that's what we did, right? We get it from Twin Lab and boy, it was great. So we used to actually put that in tea. I've always been a Yerba Mate guy. So I was in green tea or Mate or something like that, you know, with cream. Um, that's an old, you know, uh, Himalayan kind of technique anyhow. So I've always liked that kind of premise, but it's not for everybody. So I think it's a uh, it's a tasty beverage, but it really can wreak havoc on a whole bunch of people. But it can benefit the hell out of a bunch of people too. It just all depends upon where you are in the continuum, right?
0: Could Could you generalize like who is good for who it is? I, and I, by the way, I've I've had probably three bulletproof coffees in my entire life, but But okay. Well, here's the thing: everybody
2: different manufactures energy at a different rate. We have different rates of oxidation, right? Um, this goes back to the work of uh, Emmanuel Ravici, who talked about cell membrane permeability. Uh, we talk about anaerobic versus dysaerobic imbalances. We talk about glucogenic versus ketogenic imbalances. We're talking Reams, uh, Riddick, uh, uh, Watts, Watson. And so there's, there was a lot of science back in the uh, 60s, 70s, 80s that we couldn't substantiate until we got diagnostics available to us uh, in the 90s. So what does that mean? We know that everybody is not the same in the rate, the quality, or quantity in their energy production. So someone who is um, a, let's, we call them a fast oxidizer, right? These people rely on the release of energy from fats far more efficiently than someone who doesn't have that capacity. We can see that in the hair. We can do that based upon mineral deposition in the hair when we take a look at calcium, magnesium, sodium, and potassium in the hair. mm mm-hmm. Um, we can also take a look at inorganic in organic acids by taking a look at uh, uh, lactate, pyruvate, and beta-hydroxybutyrate levels. So you can see what a person's oxidative rate is, which is defined by the rate of efficiency that they release electrons from food. So some people need carbs and low fat. Some people need high fat and very little carbs. If you're a fast oxidizer, you're going to love Bulletproof Coffee. If you're a slow oxidizer, you, you're going to be feeling it. You're going to be like, ugh gonna be different and you're gonna need-
1: when you say feeling it you mean disaster pants or well yeah not little- only that you can you you can have the
2: little uh you know super colon blow effect you know the dumb and dumber you can have a little bitty a uh, little bit of Hershey squirt but it also <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's a little too much MCT. So what your body's trying to tell you. And on that note, see that's the cool thing about nature man is that it's the litmus test. If people would just realize if we just re- if something either makes you throw up, intoxicated, or blow your butt, there's an indicator that it might not be ready for you. Okay, so the th- we we have to look at some very very interesting tales. Pardon the pun, new tales. So you can also be, you'll have less energy, right? You'll be sleepy afterwards because your body's going, okay, here's what came in for energy. I can't release energy from those lipids very efficiently, and you freaking pressed my. My, my liver and my pathways with caffeine at the same time. And so you'll, you'll have, you know, you just feel just not so good FEMA.
1: So how do you know if you're a fast oxidizer or not?
2: Well, that's a big topic. There's, there's, there's questionnaires you can go through. I actually do okay. it through, like, like I said, hair and pee. I can determine from hair and pee. So it'd be, a, it'd be a long dissertation to tell you how you would know, you wouldn't know unless you had proper diagnosis.
1: So how much does it cost to to do a consultation with you? Like. And how do, how does it normally work with a workup?
0: I'd say too.
2: Well, <laughs> well, I, I don't come cheap. I can tell you that it all depends. Um, I'm very selective of who I work with, um, so it starts with an application process because I only want people who are ready to take action, right? Not people need to be entertained, and I don't want to be just another notch in the guru belt, right? Because truth be told, a lot of these gurus out there, not a lot. Um, just shy of a dozen who have about a hundred and some plus thousand unique visitors to the website happen to be my patients. Okay. And their online persona is and their health level is not what they portray. Now it's not that I'm ratting people out of breaking guy code or galco. It's just that we have to understand that I make that point because you can get advice from anybody. You can only get expertise from a, from a different individual. See, I'm a clinician, 20 years experience to actually see patients a lot of folks are coaching or counselors telling their own story and extrapolating it on another person. Does that make sense? So having said that, um, it ranges. Um, I work on a retainer uh, based uh, practice, so you're going to have to be in it to win it for a period of time with me. Um, but to start, um, for us to, for me to take you in as a patient, overview all your, your previous labs, talk to you about stuff, spend about an hour and a half uh, on a Skype call and, uh, you know, really go through your unique story is 885. So, and then at that point we can determine two things. One, if you think I'm the right clinician for you and two, if I think you're the right patient for me.
1: And then after that, then what, then you start paying for these, uh, pee and hair tests and then you do some follow-up calls.
2: Yep. Yep. That's it. And so we go through a process uh, over a period of time, because it's not a one shot deal. I put tentacles in every aspect of your life, I really take a deep dive in your environment, uh, your mindset, what's going on your history, what have you done, what's going on, and then we filter it through um, a, a situational report from these functional labs. And it, it's not a
0: soundbite process you know what mm-hmm. I mean do you get do you get many people coming to you who are like don't necessarily have a chronic condition but they just want you know like they want that one edge? You know, <laughs> yep one, oh absolutely 100.
2: yep yeah. I just did a, a video a testimonial record with uh, one of my patients out in San Diego and um he's an Ironman triathlete and that was that was his particular case we shaved off over two and a half hours off of his PR He's he- wow. he's heading to uh, to France today to go do the deal you know. um, I, I did Ironman France actually that's a brutal race so right so he's in he he's in the slot baby he is kicking it right his name
0: is Yari he's awesome
2: so the key the key here is 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 to understand that yeah there's different pathways to it I mean because you know
0: like he must path- have done a lot of stuff with sleep with him.
2: absolutely freaking literally yeah. <laughs> so many people are they're wasting time getting up to train oh I gotta give a 530 so I can get more and I'm like you'd be way better pressed to, you know, get you another hour or two of sleep. I was having this conversation with a good friend of mine, uh, Doc Parsley and stuff. You know, the guy did TED Talk on sleep and stuff, uh, former Navy SEAL. And, uh, and we were cracking up. We were just speaking at a medical conference a couple weeks ago. And uh, that's just it. People don't realize the power of regeneration. That is pure anabolic time. So I get my sleep. That's why I have the skin of an 18-year-old. Right.
1: <laughs> I didn't want to say, it, but yeah, it's true. it's <laughs> I, right I, now, it's, it's pretty crazy.
0: <laughs> How old are you? Because you, uh, you have you have great energy and you do look very good.
2: Forty four, and my yeah. wife is my wife is twenty seven. Giggity giggity goo.
0: <laughs> 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 so. <laughs> um, I'll pause on that one for a second. Uh, I just, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was always I was always in bed by eight and home by ten. That's right. You better believe it.
2: No, I'm more of a am in bed by ten, right? And I'm, you know, and i I usually will sleep in. Sometimes the night I get up and uh, feed and stuff because the uh, it's a big construct out there. I actually did a little YouTube video on that. You can check out my channel. On uh, we're not necessarily have to sleep all the way through. You can actually get up fuel the body, stretch out. I love to get outside and, you know, get my, my, my nakedness outside where everybody's asleep, charge back up, and then go back to sleep. So, um, I'm out of bed by 8 o'clock, sometimes 9. So, I'm a 9-hour sleep kind of guy.
1: Oh, wow. What kind of stuff are you tracking? Are you tracking your sleep? Are you, are you doing no, your tests on a regular basis?
2: No, and you know what? I don't <laughs> – pretty soon, once you kind of get self-lubricating – Right, you you, you just kind of know because I've been doing it a while and I've tens of thousands of patients. So for me, I you know everybody's loving gadgets, right, and tracking your heart rate variability and 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 all that kind of fun stuff, which is cool.
1: Why are you uh, self lubricating if you have a twenty seven year old wife?
2: Well, you know, <laughs> she, you
1: know
2: <laughs> bam. I was going to go there, <laughs> but um, but the thing about it is is. You know, I, I don't need all that data. Well, I mean, what is it really going to tell you, right? Like people who constantly weigh themselves and, you know, measure and that kind of fun stuff. You really only need to take a, a, a little peek from time to time and then just give it a, give it a rest because you can really induce a psychosis of all these, you know, this anthropomorphic data of how much you weigh and what you're measuring and how you're sleeping. And then that gives way to like, like I got, a, I got another uh, baby popping out here in about six weeks. And so people, I go. What do you think about this one that weighs your baby, and it's Bluetooth? And I'm like, get your damn kids out of these EMF bombs, man! Like all these devices to know, like I really, do we really need to know how much our baby weighs every day? I mean, no.
0: Yeah, that's the the withings, right? I thought that was a bit much, especially uh, since you stopped using it after like four months. That's right, right? I mean, it's just unbelievable. So
2: I track. Um, A couple of things. Number one, oxidative uh, type or or, or rate for sure. I redo a a hair uh, analysis on myself and my patients every uh, two to three months because, again, that's the other thing. Nobody is static. Nobody. It changes. That's why you can't eat one way and stick with it all year and wonder why, you know, you're getting, you know, muffin top, you know. Um, it's, it's all based upon location and geography, right? So, um, the seasons are going to change how your body is fueled, which is all governed by light coming in your eyeballs, right? So I want to, I want to know when that shifts. Now I have the ability to do it on the fly cause I'm, it's my 30% chick, right? Cause in my, I've always, I've always, you know, women tend to be more uh, uh, aware of their body than dudes. So you have to kind of have that, that side, but, um, so I can feel it. I know I'm in touch and in tune with my things. That's kind of hard for some guys to do because we like data. We always always like to, "Mm, I want to track it, predict it, scientifically prove it, and have somebody else substantiate it. So, okay, that's cool. But uh, you should take a look at your urine organic acids. You should take a look at your your red blood cell, uh, fatty acid status. You should take a look at amino acid plasmas. And then, dare I go into pH, salivary and urinary. And, of course, the vast majority of people are completely out of their, out of their mind as what they're saying that everybody should alkalize. That's not true. And, it does, and, and of course, then you got the paleo people who tell you, oh, no, no, that's all baloney. Well, that's because that type of eating is always going to lend towards, you know, acidic pee. Well, you shouldn't be that either. I mean, there's different times of the day that the pH should be different things. And you should, you've got, you know, the catabolic and anabolic phases. And so, that, so we can track that. So that, that's a good one to actually kind of monitor.
0: Well, so let me ask about that for a second, because I always found that very interesting the, the, about whether or not you really could affect your alkalinity to stand it. But the, the the where the most empirically interesting was when I was training for Ironman. For part, mm-hmm. I was training for like a year and a half, and for part of that time, I was a full vegetarian, and part of it, I was pescatarian, and then I started eating meat, and mm-hmm. I noticed significant better recovery when I wasn't eating meat. And my theory was that I was that with the high vegetable count in my diet, I was just more alkaline but I don't know yeah it's not that simple um, we, we have to remember that
2: food is fuel and it's information okay so it actually has the ability to tell the body what to do and remember whenever you eat something you have to cease it to be it and make it you okay so to go from a carrot to you or a grass-fed bison steak to you requires a lot of stuff no one can muscle biopsy your vastus lateralis and go oh that was made from grass-fed bison right they can't go oh that was made from hemp protein you can't do it so you have to transform these things into you right so food is not what most people think the nature of the food and moving it from one to the other takes a tremendous amount of energy, right so you got to understand that your digestion is going to make that change it's it's a matter of resistance when it goes into the stomach and then through the gi and then the liver's involvement the pancreas's involvement it's far more complicated than that we get stuck on that level one thinking of macros and you know you know protein whatever but you got to remember those got to become us and they come with different messages if you will over the time and it depends upon what's going on also in the day cuz remember It's not just us in a bubble, right? We're not little John Travolta boys in a bubble. You know, we're we're in an environment. We're dynamic, right? So you have the first half of the day, which is governed by cortisol, second half of the day governed by melatonin, both of which are governed by light, right? So that's catabolism and anabolism. Your body is going to do things at different times. Your cell membranes expand and contract at different times of the day. So that means mineral flux in and out is going to be different. If that's different, proteins are going to signal different. See how complicated it can get? Yeah. So when we talk about stuff, we have to think about what I call different micronages, how, how deep are we kind of going, right? Food has to come in the mouth, in the gut, through the gut, out of the gut, into circulation, out of the circulation, in through one membrane, out of the other one, and then into the mitochondrial membrane. There's all these doors it has to go through <laughs> to get to different places. Those all do different charge. Those all produce different pHs, and the body equalizes that, and it's so, not all
1: – When you work with people, you're working out like what they should be eating at what times of the day and, you know, when they should go to sleep, when they should work out and how often they should be doing things.
2: And that's why there is no one size fits all. There is some pretty good empirical stuff, right? I mean, we all need sunshine. We all need healthful water. We all need to eat. But what, when, and how are dynamically different based upon your biochemical individuality and genetic uniqueness. So that's it. You, you, you are a category of one. And this is answers the question why things work for some doesn't work for others. Why some people say, well, man, that did all this great for me. I tried and didn't do shit. Matter of fact, it made me worse. That's it. Eureka. <laughs> You're your own person. You know, you can try all these different programs, but how did you quantify yourself? Hell, we even try on pants that we know are supposedly our size and go, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a 30. Why in this one? Well, it's because of the cut. Maybe your thighs are too big, right? So you, can't, you can try on different stuff. You can N equals one. You can biohack, and you can do that kind of fun stuff, but quantification is critical. That's why it's called the quantified self-movement, but most people don't do that, and then those that do don't quantify in the right order and in broad consideration of systems. They take whatever is cool that came out on a podcast or a blog site, <laughs> whatever, what was on sale or whatever sales funnel was rocking and rolling, right? So, um That's why my my message to people is, is you have to find yourself as an individual, unique story, assess it in broad scope and approach it that way.
1: That's great. So we have to wrap up now, actually, but we like to end it with, uh, could you just give us the top three tips for someone to be more effective and you can just interpret effective however you like?
2: Well, all things boil down to light. We are beings of light. If I can channel my, you know, days of studying the metaphysical stuff. You got to get outside. Clean up your light in your life. That's the tip number one. These digital devices and EMF bombs, they got to go. You got to get naked. You got to get grounded and get in the sunshine. That's number one. Number two, food. Eat food that is single ingredient, lovely and delicious, non-modified, and eat a varied and diverse diet. We are indeed omnivores. That's the second thing. The third thing is, is love. I know that's cheesy and kind of, but no, man, hug, share some IR light and uh, have an abundant mindset. You know, you got to get your emotions right and realize that your body and how your uh, proteins, you know, respond to stimuli is governed a lot by what you allow your mind to focus on. So that's it. Light,
1: food, and your mind. Well, that's really great. Thank you so much. Uh, if, so, if, if people want to find out more, where, where should they go?
2: Well, as always, dranthonygbeck.com. That's
1: dranthonygbeck.com.
2: Uh, you can follow me on all the social media. Brain is the same across everywhere, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, Dr. Anthony Beck.
1: Great. All these links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Dr. Welcome, that was hey, thanks awesome.
2: For sure. Yeah, no problem.
1: <laughs> Appreciate it.